Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Every so often, a picture book comes across my desk that takes my breath away. Julian is a Mermaid is one of those books. It's about a little boy who's going home from the pool with his grandma when he sees three beautiful mermaids. Captivated, he begins his own transformation. Joining me on the line from New York is writer and illustrator Jessica Love. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Hello, I'm well. It's so nice to be speaking with you on the other side of the world. I know. And you're probably at a similar time of year as what this book was written, whereas we are right in the heart of winter. Um, One thing about this book um, from the very first page is that you have created such a specific feel and time. Can you tell me something about the setting you created for this story? Thank you so much. My training is actually in the theatre. I've been an actor for the last 13 years, and um, one one of the things they they teach you in acting school is the key to making a character feel real is, is specificity. So it was really crucial to me that this feel like a real place and these feel like real people. And so a lot of the things you see in the book are real places in New York City. The first subway entrance you see is, um, I lived right by that stop for years, and the Mermaid Parade is a real place. And these people you see in the book are people I would see every day on the subway, which is my favorite place to draw. I'm sorry, I have to go back a step. The Mermaid Parade is a real thing? You didn't know? (laughs) No. We certainly don't have one in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) The Mermaid Parade is real. It's an annual parade. It takes place in Coney Island, and thousands of people show up, and they make their own costumes. And my artwork doesn't even do it justice. It is so extreme and so creative. (laughs) Oh my god, so I'm so glittery. I'm so coming there. I'm bringing my kids. Honey, you couldn't get the you won't get the glitter off you for weeks if you go. <laughs> go on Instagram and just Google the Coney Island Mermaid Parade. You'll see what I mean. I am definitely doing that straight after this. <laughs> um the, the thing about the characters though, as well, you mentioned um part of your training is being really specific to bring a character to life. Was Julian inspired by anyone you knew or how did you develop him as he's such a real breathing little boy in this book? Oh, thank you. When I first started working on the book, my partner at the time, um, if if we'd had a kid, that's probably what the kid would have looked like. And so that's, that's where his, I guess, physical appearance, that's how that's how that got settled. But in in terms of his spirit and personality, that that's a little bit more elusive, and it's hard to know where that stuff comes from. But he he kind of floated into my 
into my head face first, I guess is the best way I could describe it. I know what a thing looks like before I, before I know anything else about it. And then from the way it looks, I can extrapolate other stuff. Um, did that answer your question? That was sort of a roundabout. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the other thing about Julian, of course, is his relationship with his grandma or, um, abuela, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, whatever term you're using, um, is that something that you've observed? Because, you know, why not choose a mom, a dad, an auntie? What was important about his relationship with his grandma? There were a couple reasons for that. I mean, first of all, there there are so many families all over the world in which, for whatever reason, the parents aren't around or available to raise their children. And so it falls to the hands of these love warriors, which are very often grandmothers. And so I wanted to pay homage to those women. Uh, But I also think there's a special kind of uh, recognition that's possible when there's a generation between you. I think often parents are too close to be able to see their, their children with any, I don't know, the telescoping of, of distance and time. And I think there's a special recognition that's possible between those generations that sometimes isn't if you're a little closer in age. And so I wanted that to be part of the story as well. There's so much um, to love about this book visually. It is a work of art in itself, but there's also a very strong message about love and acceptance beyond just that relationship between a grandson and his grandma. Which came first for you, the message or the story? A good question. Um, I wanted to make the book for the message, but I think in terms of story, and so I don't really know which came first. I wanted, I wanted to make a book about a little boy like this because I couldn't find any that did exactly this thing, and so it was a, a void I wanted to fill, but as soon as I had that thought, I saw a boy with his grandmother on the subway. And so, I don't know, maybe, maybe seeing that void and wanting to fill it was a, was a sort of invitation to the creative powers that be to stick this story in my hands because it appeared promptly. <laughs> That's brilliant. You're, li- <laughs> you're listening to Kindling Conversation. We're speaking with author and illustrator Jessica Love, based in New York City, about her amazing book, Julian is a Mermaid. And um, I should actually mention here that sometimes when you listen to an interview like this and you haven't seen the book, you, you might be a bit intrigued. But trust me, if you lay your hands on this book, then you will want to listen over to what has inspired Jessica to create it because it is really something special. There's a moment in this book, Jessica, there's like a pause. So there's all this beautiful movement, um, Julian seeing some mermaids and how he recreates that in his own life. And there's then there's this pause. So you've got all this delightful movement of him kind of dressing up as a mermaid. Then you've got his grandma coming out of the bathroom, looking at him quite sternly and then disappearing. And that's like a double page spread. So you've got this moment, mm-hmm. this kind of tense 
uncomfortable feeling in the middle of the book. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. people can get the book to see what happens, but it does turn around very nicely. Is there anything in this that you're hoping um, specifically parents will see? Because in those two pages, as a parent, you can literally literally see the impact of your response to your child. So she looks quite stern when he's there and he's all, all his finery and then she walks away and the look on his face is heartbreaking. Was there anything in this book that you wanted parents to get specifically? I think the thing that I wanted to show in that moment is the way in which the adult who is important in your life your whole your whole life weighs in the balance of their judgment. But I I think if I if I have a special gift as an illustrator, it's it's being able to show what a feeling looks like. And I wanted to take that opportunity to take you inside of this of this child who for a few heartbeats feels as though his self-worth is on the line, but I, I don't know how to do it with words, but I know what it looks like. I don't know that I wanted to impart a specific lesson in a teachy kind of way, but I wanted, I wanted people to go on that emotional journey with that child so that the next time they're faced with the opportunity of passing judgment they have that information of what of what it feels like to have your your selfhood on the line waiting for judgment to be passed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and what I find incredible about all of this is this is your first picture book. The first one you've written and illustrated. It features a boy of colour embracing a gender-diverse identity And none of these things are what one would typically see in children's books. You took this book, you made it on your own, you shopped it around after you'd actually got your idea. Was this a conscious Mm -hmm. decision? Was did you want to set out as you mean to continue? Um, (laughs) Why this type of story for your first? To be honest with you, I didn't even think this thing was going to get published. I assumed I would self-publish it and give it to my friends. Um, I didn't set out to corner all of these (laughs) markets that seem to be, we're suddenly paying attention to, to all this stuff. But I, I started this book seven years ago. And then as I was working on it, suddenly in, in popular culture and in, and in the media and on Twitter and Instagram, there was a, there's been more of a movement to recognize kids who identify differently and to have a push towards having more diversity pictured pictured in children's books and but it, it was it wasn't uh calculated it it started out as a very specific story that I wanted to tell and it it happened to be at this point of intersection of all, of all of these like hashtags and movement that are having a groundswell, but it it wasn't it wasn't on purpose. I, I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't even think not, it was going to get not if it takes, the light of day, and not if it takes six seven years to produce. Um, look, finally, Rue Paul recently tweeted about your book, which is. <laughs> 
fairly incredible. I mean, how did that make you feel? Uh, I I don't know how to describe this feeling to you. So when I first got the idea for this book, I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race. I spent a lot of time watching the documentary Paris is Burning. Um, and I was thinking a lot about drag and the way in which we use creativity and our ability to costume ourselves as an act of empowerment and kind of planting your flag in the ground and saying, this is who I am, or at least conditionally, this is who I am today. But to have a public figure who has been hacking through the dense undergrowth of um, social mores that say, this isn't acceptable, this is a problem, this is dangerous, to have it find its way into RuPaul's hands somehow, I don't even, if I could have picked a, a famous person to show it to, that's who I would have picked. I don't know how to describe the feeling. <laughs> well, it is a spectacular book. I've really enjoyed reading it, as we all have here at Kindling. So thank you so much for speaking with us, Jessica. It's been such a pleasure. And all the way from the other side of the world. I know. <laughs> we made it happen. <laughs> that was author and illustrator Jessica Love talking about her book, Julian is a Mermaid. And don't worry, we will put links up to it so that you can find it and get your mitts on it yourself. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.